Mufti Mirhaj does this uh, every week. He's, he's out of town, so I'm, I'm the substitute. Uh, so I do want to um, disrupt the flow that he had. He started from the beginning. So I just, I was asked to take any work from Sahih Bukhari. This hadith that I would like to share with you, uh, it's a very famous hadith. And to be honest, my kids, kids are not here. They know this is one of my favorite hadiths. Um, this is irrelevant hadith, not just for today's times, but for us as Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sometimes, um, depending on the level of our deen, we tend to become complacent. To look, I'm praying. I'm fasting, you know, my house is not on interest, my kids are becoming hafiz, my wife does parda, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Um, or we're all struggling in our own ways. But sometimes we lose track of the bigger picture. Where do I fit in in the greater scheme of things? Not just my life, uh, not just the life of but if you look at timeline as a whole, from the beginning of Adam to the end of time, where do we fit in? Where do we and I as an individual fit in? Because <clears throat> if you think about it, there's just something uh, you know, to, to visualize. If you think of every person in this planet having a, a timeline, a beginning and an end, you know, like a line. Starts 1970, ends, we don't know when. My example. Somebody else, you know, starts one. You know, I just I do funerals. I don't know if you know. So uh, I see beginning and ending for many people. So we don't know. But then, if you look at the broader picture, where do these lines fit in in the greater scheme of things? Beginning, going back, not just a few centuries, but a few millennia, going back till. Not necessarily the beginning of time, not billions of years when the planets were made or, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, made, made the world. But within the scheme of humans, within the scheme of history, this is relatively short time when you think about it. Maybe a few thousand years, let's say 10,000, if not maybe 15,000, but maybe a few thousands, let's put it that way. Who knows? Allah, Allah knows the best. Um, so, where do we fit into the scheme of things? And then after this we'll be gone. All of us will be gone. And then the world will continue and then inshallah the day of judgment and after that eternity and eternal, you know, ex, you know, infinity is a long time. There's no end. So what did I do? This few years that I was here on this planet, what, what was I supposed to do? So this, this gives us a context. <clears throat> uh, especially for us as Muslims. Um, so inshallah we'll read the hadith and then inshallah we'll try to go through um, some parts of it. So peace Allah sallam saying, ibn Sa'id will do the sanad also, that's very important. Uh, I'm sure Mufti Mirhaj you know, talked about this. You know, If not for the fact that we have sanad, we have the chain, we have the link, anybody can say anything. 
especially in today's time. In today's time, you know, fake news, this is all, you know, people denying the election, the people, uh, you know, making up things, oh yeah, we, we, this never happened, or the people, we never landed on the moon, or this never, there's no war going on in Ukraine, whatever. People say, oh, it's all fake news, so you, you don't know. So, what is true, what is not? So if you have a sanad, if you have a link, oh, he told me. And he told, how do you know? Well, he told me. Well, how do you know he told me? And how do you know? Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, oh, him. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as-sadiq al-ameen. If he says it, then I believe it. That's it. Whether I understand or not, whether, uh, uh, you know, my limited intellect goes along with it or not, hey, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said it, amanna That's it. That's why this book is very important. You know, and that's why we're doing, you know, we do these durus. Because we are, alhamdulillah, again, we are fortunate. We have these books. Not just Sahih Bukhari, but in Sahih Muslim and Tirmizi and, you know, and many books that you, many of you probably have never heard of. Sayyid ibn Hibban, Musaddiq ibn Hakim, Mu'ta um, Mamalik. These are books at the level of this Sahih Bukhari. And all of them had this link. That's very important. Because Imam Muslim, as he said, if not for the fact that we have these links, anyone can say anything. So this link, Imam Bukhari's teacher is Qutaybah ibn Sa'id, very famous uh, muhaddis. Um, and his teacher was Layth. The Layth, also a very famous muhaddis. And then from him, if you see his grand teacher and the great grand teacher is Nafi' Nafi' and Ibn Umar. If you see the total ravis between Imam Bukhari Alayhi, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's four ravis. And so this is considered even as far as the hadith of Bukhari are concerned, this is considered a very special hadith. Why? Because the smaller the link, the more authentic the narrations are. I mean, it would, it would make sense um, that if I tell one person, tells two persons, then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But if you get one person, two people, three people, four people, five, six, seven, then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then there's a more chance of having mistakes. So the smaller the link, you normally it's considered a a, a more authentic hadith because it makes it, 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 it corroborates more. That's what Muwatta Imam Malik, very famous book by Imam Malik, very famous muhaddis, you know, one of the Imams, but he's also very famous, uh, he was faqih, but also muhaddis. His links are thnayat, two and threes. So, in total, in the, the thousands of hadiths of Sayyid Bukhari, there's only 22 hadiths that are thrathiyat. There are thrathiyat. Thrathiyat means there's, there are 22 hadiths that have three links between Imam Bukhari and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So those are considered the special, special of the special of Sahih Bukhari. In fact, in many of the, the new prints, they're actually highlighted. Um, so this is not a thrathi, this is a ruba'i. See, this is four. Many of the, most of the other hadiths are either, you know, five or six, maybe some are even seven. So this is considered a very special hadith. One, as far as the uh, limited number of narr narrators, and second, who the last two are. If you see Nafi and Ibn Umar, these are considered one of the golden chains. There are a few chains, chains meaning asnad. You know, from a, a Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to a Sahabi to a Tabi'i, Tabi'i, Tabi'i. There are a few of them that are considered golden. Golden meaning they're very special. That they're considered very authentic. So, Hadr Nafi was a Tabi'i. He was a freed slave of Hazrat Ibn Umar. He was one of his very famous students. So, many narrations of Ibn Umar are from Hazrat Nafi. Just like we have Ikrama from Ibn Abbas, we have Hazrat Urwat ibn Zubair from Hazrat Aisha, that's her nephew. 
Um, so those chains are also given special credence amongst the you know, muhaddisin. So this we already, we haven't started the hadith yet, but from the beginning you can say this is a special hadith because of the, of the, the sanad here. So Ibn Umar, what did he say? Radiallahu anhumah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He heard from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What did he say? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّمَا أَجْلُكُمْ فِي أَجْلِمْ مَنْ خَلَى مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ مَا بَيْنِ سُوَاتِ الْعَصِرِ إِلَى مَغْرِبِ الشَّمْسِ That your example and the time periods of you, you know, our era. Think of um, as a historian, you know, we see the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Um, the uh, the Greeks, uh, the Romans, the the Chinese empires, the great dynasties in China, or maybe the Mughal empires, you know, we have in, in India, or uh, the Incas or the Mayas in South, you know, in South America, the, the you know the Aztecs in Mexico, the Incas in you know in Peru. Um, so each nation usually has a period of time where they rise and fall. We see that initially there is a struggle and then there's a period of time considered their golden time where they excel and then there comes a time where they start to deteriorate and finally fall off history um, Alhamdulillah we are still here uh, the Muslims but uh, you can see our time starts from obviously Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the Khulafai Rashidin then we go from there historically so Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is giving us an example where do you fall in to the history of nations in time? Especially here, you know, when we went to school here, you know, especially the Western world, they teach, you know, the, the Greeks and then the Romans, they consider, you know, the free thoughts. So they, they emphasize the Western European um, ideologies. <clears throat> but looking at history as a whole, you know, it's a few centuries come and go. That's why for us, when you think about it, you know, America is, is a relatively young country. Maybe yes, 1776, we're 200 something years, uh, but you know, almost 250 in a little while. Uh, but you know, two and a half centuries, to be honest, in, in, in the range of empires that have existed on this planet, is really not that long. And many of us as living here, you can see already the decline of the so-called American empire. You know, you've heard of the, you know, the British Empire, you know, the sun never set in the British Empire, uh, you know, starting from Australia or Fiji all the way, you know, to, to here. Uh, the French Empire, uh, the French rule, not just France, but also, you know, all Northern Africa and parts of, uh, you know, uh, the Middle East. Um, then you have the Dutch, the Spanish, obviously the Spanish came all the way here, all from Mexico, Florida, Texas, all the way down to Argentina, it's Spanish, except for Brazil. So that's the, the you know, the Spanish empires. Um, so looking at the history of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, your example is the example from Asr into Maghrib. What does that mean? Meaning that your time is less. And that's one example, as we'll get to inshallah the rest of the hadith, that comparatively speaking, your time amongst the other nations is less. As we'll see, we're comparing, who are we comparing to? Not to the Romans or the Greeks or to the, uh, you know, the, the Byzantine Empire or the Persian Empire. No, we're comparing to the other religious empire. We're talking about the Bani Israel, the Jews and the Christians. So if you think about it, um, 
the Christians, if you start off with the, you know, the birth of Isa alayhi salam, we're talking about what? This is 2022. The, you know, they make the Gregorian calendar according to the birth of Isa alayhi salam. Or the Bani Israel, uh, the Jews, they just had their New Year just a few weeks back. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, you know, it's just, I don't know what year they're in there. I think like 3,000 something. Uh, so they're, they're ahead of us definitely. We're only 1440 something. Uh, so they're, they have a longer period of time. So we're not talking about the great political empires, but Islamic nations that were here before. As compared to the Ad and the Thamud and, and the Qawm Nuh, all these that we read in the Quran. <clears throat> so one here referring to can be as far as the time, just Asr and Maghrib, the time is very less. Or also some Muhaddisin say, is that Asr to Maghrib, we're talking about the setting of the sun. We're talking about sun here referring to the setting of the human race because after us will be the day of judgment there's no more nations coming and after us will be the world will be destroyed and as we know the catalyst for the coming of the day of judgment is the death of the last believer when the last believing person someone who says Allah Allah even though he's not praying he's not some waliullah he's not practicing he's not praying tahajjud or giving salah just the fact that he's he, he, he remembers the name of Allah. Just that person, him staying alive, is keeping the world alive. The name of Allah is making the earth produce the harvest. The name of Allah is making the fruits, the, the trees produce the fruits, is making the, the clouds produce the rain, is making, uh, you know, everything we see functioning here is happening because of the name of Allah. Once the last person who says the name of Allah is gone, Allah subhanahu doesn't need the world. The world will be destroyed. That's it. Then that's the day of judgment when will come. And then, uh, you know, after that, it will be destroyed. And then coming the, the second nufaq of Isur, the second coming, then the day of judgment will be after that. But that's it. The plan will be finished if we are finished. So this can be referring to also the, the end of time, the end of humankind as it is. So then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives an example. Examples help us to, to understand. And examples are throughout the Qur'an. وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا uh, مَثَلُكُمْ uh, You know, all throughout the Qur'an um, that Allah SWT Himself is giving examples. Why? Because examples help us to understand. Sometimes, you know, a teacher may give a theory, uh, you know, some in physics or in math, hey, this is the theory, sometimes hard to understand. But once you, you practically apply that theory, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, then you put in the numbers and oh, it works out. Uh, you know, the, the quadratic theory or whatever it may be, you put in the different numbers, oh, this works out. So once you see the application of a theory, it makes more sense. So to apply the rule that Nabi Sallallahu has just set for us, he's giving us an example. So what is the example he's giving? وَإِنَّمَا مَثْلُكُمْ مَثْلُ جُهُودُ وَالنَّصَارَى so our example, example of the Muslim Ummah and the Jews and the Christian is the example of a man who hired somebody. Here, Rajustamalin doesn't say for what. You can fill in the blanks. Today, back in the day, it can be, you know, for whatever. But today think of it like you need to, you need to have your wall painted. You need to have some work done in your house. You need to have your lawn mowed. You need to some, you're hiring somebody. Hiring somebody to do some work. Uh, from where? فَقَالْ مَنْ يَعْمَلْ لِي إِلَى نِسْفِ النَّهَارِ عَلَىٰ قِرَاتٍ قِرَاتٍ So who will work for me? 
from the rising of the sun until midday. So, Fajr until Zuhr, basically. And I'll give you Qirat. Qirat, think of it as a, a, a coin back in the day. Like dirham, dinar. Today, in today's terms, just to understand, think of it like a $100 bill. Just for example. Just for example. Or think of it a dollar. I, I could say a dollar, but you can't buy anything for a dollar nowadays. Especially with inflation. Uh, we just, yeah, I'm sure you guys know. When you fill up the gas can, you go to the, you know, in the store. I just got a candy bar. It used to be 99 cents. It's a dollar sixty. Uh, that's crazy. Anyway, uh, so a dollar example is not going to Just for example, think of $100. So saying, your example, an example of those before you, is that somebody hired a man to do some work. Hey, you want to work for me? Um, I don't know here, but I know back in the north side, there's usually a place where people hang out. I don't want to say Mexican or Spanish, but there's usually a place where people that are day laborers, they usually hang out. And if you need somebody to do some work, you say, oh, you go over there, okay, yeah. And they say, okay, I need this work done. I need to, you know, mow the lawn. I need to do this, I need to do that. Okay, how much would you, okay, I'll charge you $100 for the day. Okay, that's fine. Then they come in your car and you take them whatever and you pay them. So this is what the guy is saying, the first guy. First guy says, I need some work done. I'll give you $100, but you work for me from sunrise till Zohar till midday. So now, let's say for example, just to put some numbers in context, today, nowadays sunrise is what? Seven something? Let's just say seven, just for easy math. Seven, and now Zohar is officially starts, what, 12.30 something? Uh, let's say, let's say 12. Uh, okay, 12.30 is okay. It's, it's an easy number. So from seven to 12.30, no, that'll make it harder for the math. Let's just say 12. So seven to 12. Seven to 12 is five hours. So he says, okay, you work for me, I'll give you $100, for five hours worth of work. So how much is he getting per hour? 100 times five, $20 an hour. That's not bad, it's more than the minimum wage, you know, the people are saying. So $20 an hour he's getting. He said, okay, so, فَعَمْلَتَ الْيَهُودُ إِلَىٰ نِسْفِ النَّهَارِ عَلَىٰ قِرَاتٍ قِرَاتٍ The Yehud said, the Bani Israel said, okay, fine, we'll do the work. From sunrise until midday, we'll work for $100. That's fine. Then, ثُمَّ قَالَ مَنْ يَعْمَلْ لِي مِنْ نِسْفِ النَّهَارِ إِلَىٰ صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ عَلَىٰ قِرَاتٍ قِرَاتٍ Then he hires number two. This person is already doing his work. He wants somebody else to do more work. So he's hiring a second person. The second person says, Hey, who's going to work for me from midday, Zohar, until Asr? So what did we say? 12 o'clock for Zohar. Asr, we said, say 4 o'clock. So 12 to 4, this guy is working less. He's working only 4 hours. But the same amount, he's getting $100. This guy's getting a raise. He's getting $25 an hour. Other guy's getting $20 an hour. This guy's getting $25 an hour. So, who took up this challenge? So Nasara, the Christians, they said, okay, we'll do it. We're up to the challenge. We'll work from Zohar uh, until Asr. Same pay, for $100. Then, ثم قال من يعمل لي من صلاة العصر إلى مغرب الشمس على قراطين قراطين. They said, okay, I need a third person. Number one, from sunrise till zohar. Number two, zohar till asr. He wanted some. Number three, from where? مغرب, uh, from asr until maghrib. Asr, let's say four o'clock. We said maghrib now is six. 
So only two hours. But what's his pay? Qiratain. Double. He's getting $200. So this third guy, he's working less, but his pay is more. He's getting $100 an hour. That's not bad. So, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, Why is that? Because you get double the reward. Subhanallah. Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi is telling us, you, you pointing to the Sahaba Ikram, and from them to the Tabi'een, Taba Tabi'een, so on and so forth, until now to us in the year 2022, and to on to our further generations, to our children, their children, until the end of time. You, that's you. You are these people. You get double the reward. You have less responsibility, but you have double the reward. Subhanallah. Why? That's what he's saying. Allah, you are the people that work from Asr into Maghrib for double the price. Why? You get double the reward. Why do you get double the reward? That's the question. That's something that we need to consider, my dear brothers. That the, the nations before, this is just an example of Yehuda and Nasara. But in the, we find in the Quran, um, gave da'wat to his ummah for a thousand years minus fifty. Thousand minus fifty? Nine hundred fifty years. Quran is saying this. It's not just some historical book. Quran is saying this. Surah Tankabut. The Nuh gave da'wat for nine hundred fifty years. So people, so he lived much more than that. This is just his, the time he actually gave da'wat. So his lifespan was much more than 950 years. We find in other books of, of hadith that the nations of Ad and Thamud, their lifetimes were in the, in, the, in the hundreds, centuries. There's a reference to one lady that came to uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Nabi of his time, that, uh, you know, uh, allow me to do sajda and I will be in sajda for 300 years. Just do sajda, 300 years just to do sajda. Our life now, the average age, in the hadith, 60, 70 years. But now, you know, if you eat right and exercise, whatever, maybe 80, 90, maybe 100. Not more than that. A few centurions, but those are exceptions. So, our time is less, the average age is less, but our reward is more. The nations before, they lived for centuries. They lived for hundreds of years. Some, this, you know, these are not, uh, you know, historically or you can say uh, uh, authenticated. Um, but definitely they, uh, you know, from these rabbis that we had, they were there for centuries. Some say, you know, some of the ages, you know, you might have seen some charts uh, that this is the age of, of some of the prophets. You know, Adam lived for a thousand years, some lived for this much and some centuries. But they're definitely more than 60, 70 years. So, Why is it that our time is less, but our reward is more? Those people, they, you know, like this uh, reference to this lady, so oh, I will do sajda for 300 years. Other nations, they were there hundreds of years. 
So what is, you know, as Colonel Miruddin Ramtullah would say, what is the feather in our cap? What makes us so special? So our elders explain <coughs> is that we have two responsibilities. We, all of us here, and inshallah our progeny, and every Muslim living today until the end of time. We have two responsibilities. The previous nations only had one responsibility. We have two responsibilities. The previous nations, their responsibility was to implement the Sharia of the Nabi of their time. Bani Israel in the time of Musa whatever Musa told them to do, that's what they had to do. Praying and fasting, eating halal and haram, earning halal and whatever was there at that time, that's what they were responsible for. So we are also responsible for that. Let's, let's not diminish the importance of ibadat. But ibadat is a starting line. Some people consider that, oh, you know, I'm fasting, I have a beard, uh, you know, I fast Mondays, Thursdays, and I do this, I do that, hey, I'm, I'm okay. No. That's just one half of our responsibility. By staying away from the haram, by earning halal, by uh, providing a dini atmosphere for our children and providing a dini atmosphere for, for, for our, our, our ladies, uh, a, a, a good community for, for, for our people. That's just, that's understood. We have to do that anyway. Some people are striving for that. So that's your, uh, that's our target. That this is what I'm going for. No, that's not our target. That's the starting line. Think of it as, you know, somebody starting a race. And you start from zero, let's say 100 yard dash, zero to 100. So, we're not even at the starting rate. If somebody doesn't have a beard, if somebody's earning his haram, if somebody's, uh, you know, they, they, they don't have, uh, they, they, they don't have uh, doing scar for niqab, or if they're, they're uh, if they're, if they're eating haram, if they're earning haram, if they're not wearing haram, if they are, uh, you know, if they're not, if they're looking at haram things, if they're going to haram places, that's, you're behind, you're in the negatives, you're not even at zero yet. We think, okay, I'm coming to pray five times, yes, definitely, you should come, you should come and pray at the, you know, takbira ula, the safi awal, yes, you should definitely do that. But that's not your target. That's not your goal. That's a stepping stone. That's the beginning. That's the starting line. So what is the end goal? What is our target? Our target is the second responsibility. And that second responsibility is put on this ummah because of our aqidah, of the finality of the Prophet of Nabi Meaning that Nabi is the last Prophet. And khatim that's our aqidah. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is the final prophet. There's no prophet to come after him. So, that task that we had, that second responsibility, was that responsibility given previously to the prophets, which was to invite others towards Islam. The previous ummats, the ummats of uh, you know, Ad and Thamud and, and all these others, uh, they were not held responsible for inviting others to deen. That wasn't their job. Their job was just to fulfill their ibadah. That's it. 
But our responsibility is twofold. We have to first do our own ibadat, not just the ibadat, the mu'amalat, mu'asharat, uh, you know, our financial dealings, our social dealings, they all have to be in line with what Sharia says. But in addition to that, we have to go and invite others towards Islam. Why? Because there's no one else who's going to do that. Previously, I'm sure we read Surah Yasin every day. Um, this example here is that uh, in the time of Isa uh, al-Islam, there was a, um, uh, he sent some of his Hawarijin to a small little village. Is that Salah Ilayhim Two people. The inhabitants of that little village, they rejected the teachings of these two people. So they sent a third person. So three people are being sent to one small village. Hazrat Musa, Harun, two great prophets mentioned by name in the Quran. You know, there's, there's a degradation of prophets. Amongst many rewives, there's 124,000 prophets, some rewives, 200,000. Amongst those, let's say 200,000, there are 25 mentioned by name in the Quran. Amongst those 25, there are five that are considered ulul azm. And amongst those five, the best of the best is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, two Prophets mentioned by name, you know, these are special prophets. They're working just for one nation. But inside, they're not sent to a town, they're not sent to a country. Okay, you take care of USA, you take care of Brazil. No, one family. Zakriya Yahya At the same time, again, Bani Israel to one family. So my dear brothers, the question that should arise for us is that that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who was so conscious and considerate of one little village, one family, one clan, He sent prophets after prophets to these people so that they may turn back towards them. Wouldn't He send at least one prophet to USA? 330 million people living in this country today. Brazil has over 220 million people. Mexico, over 110 million people. China, 1.4 billion people. India, you know, 1.3, 1.4, somewhere in that range. Billions. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who sent prophets to a small little village, to one nation, wouldn't he, in order to be fair, what was so special about them? Why not? What is the harm of these Americans that no one went to them? No one told them who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Wouldn't he send somebody here? He did, my dears, my dear brothers. Because that responsibility is on us, each one of us. Not just two, not just three, not ten, not hundred thousand. Now, by some estimates, there's seven to ten million Muslims here. And on each one of these Muslims is that responsibility, that dual responsibility that makes them special according to this. Let's not be content of just you know, praying and fasting and coming, okay, mashallah, I was here, I did it, the kafir, Ramadan. Yes, definitely, alhamdulillah. But let's not neglect the responsibility that makes us special. Who's going to worry about somebody in, in the Cayman Islands? Or the, 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 the Azeros? Or Mauritius? 
or the Falkland Islands at the tip of Argentina, right next to the South Pole. Who is going to go to them? Do they know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is? Do they know who Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is? Do they know what's going to happen to them after they die? Especially in the day, you know, today, nowadays, you know, we should be overwhelmed by this responsibility. All the propaganda that we see online, on the TV, all the lies and all the, uh, you know, the negative thing that they see, somebody living in some island, uh, you know, how is he supposed to know what's going to happen to him? We have to go to them, my dear brothers. That's our responsibility. How you do it, that's up to you. But it has to be done. You will be held accountable. Just as you know, Asr, Who are they? So there are four criteria for success. Not just Iman and Amal. Iman and Amal, that's there. But We have to encourage others and to enjoin, uh, you know, how can you say, enjoin truth to others. And then when there is a resistance, when they, when they talk back to us, when we feel some hardships, that's why, that's the two halves. That's why we have this honor. So what happened? Let's continue. فَقَضَبَتَ الْيَهُودُ وَالنَّصَارَى فَقَالُوا نَحْنُ أَكْثَرُ عَمْلًا وَأَقَلُّ عَطَاءً So they got mad. Who? The Jews and the Christians. They said, what is this? We are working more, but we're getting less. And obviously in today's, uh, you know, to be fair, they said, what is this, man? I'm working six hours here, I'm getting $100. This guy works two hours and he gets $200. So what was the response? Not just anybody. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is answering them. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created them. He's asking them. Did I not give something that was due to you? Was I unjust to you? Was I unfair to you? We had a contract. Our contract was from uh, sunrise to Zohar, I'll give you this much. Did I not give you that much? That was my contract. I gave it to you. Was I unfair? Did, did I give you 99 or did I give you 95? Or did I not give you what you're supposed to get? Or you worked more than you were supposed to do? No. You did what you were supposed to do. And you got what you were promised. So, قَالُوا لَا I said, no, you're fair. Obviously, Allah SWT is fair. What you promised us, we will get. In fact, that's why their account in the law uh, you know, will be, uh, you know, according to their amal. Uh, you know, uh, that's Yehud and Asara here. That they are the two nations, especially we are living in the nation of, uh, you know, Dalin. Dalin, those who were led astray. You know, Alhamdulillah, this, as we have, you know, just this asna that we have, even their Bible, you know, they, they can't compete with this. Let alone the Quran. Let alone the Quran. We're just talking about the hadith. That you know how many different you know, discrepancies there are in the Bible uh, and all this. They, you know, they led astray. And subhanAllah, many of them, and I'm sure you know, if you interacted with the local community, maybe some of your neighbors, maybe some of your co-workers, some of them are very sincere. And, uh, you know, they 
uh, even some of these, you know, how can you say, uh, evangelists, some of these uh, newborn Christians, you know, they, they seem genuinely concerned. You, know, you should convert, otherwise you're going to burn in the fire of hell. They, they're telling us this. And they're, they're sincere. They seem to be sincere. But the fact is, they, they're in the wrong place. They don't know. How do you know? It's, oh, Jesus Christ died for your sin. Well, how do you know? Oh, it's in the Bible. Where is it in the Bible? Oh, I don't know. If you actually show them, where, where is it? Where, where did Jesus said that, you know, I died for your sins? It's not there. I mean, if you look at the red letter edition of the, of the, the King James Bible, it's not there. It's just what their Arabab, you know, what their priests had told them. And they're, you know, that's why you have so many different groups of Christians out there. And Bichare, many of them are sincere. But who was there to tell them? Us. It was our job. So when we interact with them through our akhlaq, not through arguing and debating. Sometimes debate is, you know, beneficial. But most of the time, you know, by you arguing and debating, it just goes over their head. By our akhlaq. The akhlaq of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that's why they say, the best way to give da'wat is akhlaq. If you're, if you, you know, how to impress others is not by, you know, giving them a free pamphlet and here and there. They're not going to read it. They're, you know, somebody's been watching Fox News 24 hours a day. He's not going to be, uh, you know, impressed by somebody giving them some pamphlet. They're going to have 10 pamphlets in response to you. But it's our akhlaq. But, oh, yeah, you know, you know that Muhammad, he always comes on time. Oh, you know yeah, that Abdullah, you know, he's, he's always he's a nice guy. So our neighbors, our um, co-workers, anywhere we interact, our mu'amalat, our mu'ashrat, our social dealings with them, our financial dealings with them, should be exemplary. Because that's how they will be attracted toward Islam. As you know, you know, our ibadat, they don't see. We pray here that they don't see us praying. Hajj, obviously, you know, it's, it's in Mecca. Fasting, they don't know if we're fasting or not. Zakat is given, you know, to, to the Muslims. The, 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 they don't know. But how are we supposed to impress them? With our mu'amlat. Once they're impressed with our akhlaq, then you can ask them, oh, yes, you, you, you know, oh, you know, I just recently, I just picked up somebody from the hospital and they said, oh, yeah, you know, this lady's daughter was staying with, you know, some, some lady was sick, she passed away. And the nurses were really impressed. That, oh, you know, this daughter uh, was staying in and caring for the mother. Later on, they found out it wasn't the daughter, it was the daughter-in-law. It like really shook them. It shook their foundation. How can a somebody not even related? You know, may Allah protect us all. You know, we, we're you know, our communities also. You know, we're having issues. Uh, you know, with marriage and divorce and all that. Um, but you know, these are the things that affect them. This person who is married into the family, she's looking after this elderly lady, which she doesn't have to. Whereas they think, okay, my, uh, you know, my daughters, my daughter-in-law, how are they dealing with me? Many of them, you know, the broken families, many of them, you know, single moms, single dads, uh, you know, may Allah protect us all. You know, but, but that's, you know, our, this nuclear family to, to stay one mother and father with children, um, that just by having a family that grows up and, and, you know, and, and settles down, that in itself is an accomplishment in today's times. Especially with all this LGBTQ stuff and you know, people are confused, the kids are confused. Um, just to have a stable family 
That in itself is, is da'wah for them. Oh, look at these Muslims, you know, yeah, they, you know, they, you know they, 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 the kids, they stay married, uh, you know, meaning the, the husband and wife, they, they stay married, and the kids, you know, they, they have a father at home, they have a mother at home. Just that example is something they would think about. So, what's at the end? What's the response? I said, no, I, I wasn't unfair. I said, yes, no. So, what was the final ending? قَالْ فَإِنَّهُ فَضْلِي أُعْطِيهِ مَنْ SubhanAllah. Allah SWT responded, this is my gift. I give to whoever I want. Meaning, the fact that we are amongst Ummah of Nabi SAW, this is a gift. My dear brothers, let's not, let's never forget that. We are special. We are definitely special. Many prophets, made dua to be in the Ummah of Nabi In fact, the, uh, the Isa alayhi salam, dua will be answered because when he comes back, he'll be amongst the Ummah. When he comes back, he will pray behind Imam Mahdi. He will not be leading the prayer. Imam Mahdi will be the Imam as Isa alayhi salam will be praying behind him. So one Ummah, you, you know, Jannat is haram on all the other Ummahs until this Ummah enters. Of the 120 rows of people on the Day of Judgment, 80 of those going to Jannat will be from this Ummah. Two-thirds will be from this Ummah. Gharun Muhajirin, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I will recognize you on the Day of Judgment. Hazrat Aisha says, some of the Sahaba comes, how would you recognize us? How, how would we know? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam look for me at uh, the Hawzi Qasr. Look for me at the Sirat. Look for me. But how will I recognize you? There's so many billions of people there. How would you know this is a Muslim, this is a non-Muslim? Gharun Muhajirin, meaning the, the, uh, the parts of our body that we use, that we wash during wuzu, they will shine on the Day of Judgment. It's just like, and then Rabbi Salaam gives an example, would you be able to recognize a horse that's partly, uh, you know, black and white from that horse that is all black? Yes, obviously. So yes, that's how I would recognize my ummah, because our faces will be shiny, because of the wudu, because of the nur of iman that we'll have. Our, our, our feet and our hands will be shining because of the wudu that we do. But dear brothers, let's not underestimate who we are. This And the time that we have is very valuable. Yes, it's short, but it's precious. So the more we use it for the khidmat of deen, the more we use it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more it will be rewarded in the life hereafter. And let's not just be content to, for our own ibadat. Me and my family, yes, definitely. But Ummati, Ummati. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, his last, his cry will be Ummati, Ummati. He's concerned about his, his nation. He, and that's what we have to be concerned. That's what we have to be concerned about every, you know, our neighbors. Our, not just neighbors here, you know, my person lives in the house next to me. Um, but the neighbors, our neighbors, the Canadians, the Mexicans, you go down south. Uh, you know, the Brazilians, the Chinese, and you know, small little islands, you know, our elders are saying, think. Think where in the world their people have not visited. That's why recently you know, the Jamaat went to Alaska. In Alaska, there were the people there and the Muslims in Alaska. There's now a masjid in Alaska. Alhamdulillah, thanks, you know, brothers are going and now there's a masjid in Alaska. It wasn't there before. After the Jamaat started going, they said, oh yes, we need a place to get together. Okay, now we need a masjid. So Alhamdulillah, we are fortunate that we have places like Dar es Salaam, we have, mashallah, we have a place for our children, we have a place for our ladies, um, proper Islamic environment, but 
let's not be content just with that. We should use that as a springing board to do other good deeds. That, hey, you know, previously, I know when, you know, when my father came back in the 70s, you know, it was, it, it, it was hard. It was hard to find a community of people, like-minded people. Even Muslims, they'd be drinking, oh yeah, let's go eat McDonald's. Even Muslims, you know, in their, in their weddings, there'd be, you know, there'd be songs and there'd be, there'd be bands and there'd be Muslim ladies would be coming in skirts, uh, and, you know. But now, alhamdulillah, the Muslim, the community has, has progressed. Alhamdulillah, we have masajid, we have Muslim schools, we have CPSA, we have IFS, um, and we have you know, programs here. We have ulama, mashallah, American-born kids that are hufaz and qurra, sab'ashra qaris, from here, born and bred here. Boys and girls. Alhamdulillah, we're fortunate. So now we have this luxury of not having to be as concerned about children as our elders did. So rather than use the free time, hey, uh, now I can go watch a basketball game, or now I can, uh, you know, how can you say, let me think about, uh, you know, getting a second job or a third job. No, let's do our first job. This is our first job. To serve the Ummah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that is our first job. Why? That's our job. This is the, 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 the reason for the creation of this Ummah. We were there to be the witnesses upon mankind. Our job is to go throughout the world and to tell them and to show them what, we're, what Islam is. And especially here, especially you know, for Muslims, not just in Chicago, but in the USA, we have the, 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 again, another luxury of being able to travel. Some people you know, in India, Pakistan, Bichare, especially nowadays, you know, the whole COVID things, the whole world is in, is in flux. But now we have the ability to travel. You can go outside, no one, there's no visa required to go to many parts of the world. Why not use that for the sake of deen? Inshallah, may Allah make it easy for all of us. May Allah give us tafiq to use our time and energy and wealth for the sake of deen. And may Allah bring deen into our lives, the lives of our families and our loved ones. And may Allah make us a means of hidayat and only for ourselves and for others. And, and may Allah not make us a means of turning people away from Islam. I remember our elders, Mulana Asansab, you know, used to make dua. Don't, you know, some people, we want to do something special. Yes, that's great. But even saying static is good, better than going negative. Let us not be negative examples for deen. Something, you know, rather than say, oh yeah, this is the most, oh, the Muslims do this. Oh, this guy, oh yeah, he does this. May Allah protect us, may Allah guide us, may Allah help us bring deen into our lives and the lives of others, inshallah, eventually uh, to every part of the world. And inshallah, may Allah uh, give us the drink of the Holy Ghost of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and inshallah, make us amongst the successful in this life and the life hereafter. Inshallah.